Hello, and welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it's not a phase to go on an eat, pray, love journey when you're supposed to be on tour. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> In episode seven and eight of Daisy Jones and the Six, we open with Simone arriving in New York to stay with her new partner, Bernie, a DJ who is dominating the New York disco scene. Together, the two are working to jumpstart her career with Simone sometimes performing at three clubs a night. Just as things start to take off and it looks like a record deal is in the works for Simone, she receives a telegram from Daisy that suggests that she is in trouble. Simone and Bernie travel to Greece to check in on Daisy, who has married an alleged prince, Nikki, and is hell-bent on not returning to the Six. When Nikki suggests that Simone is in love with Daisy, Daisy accuses Simone of this, and Simone responds by leaving Greece with Bernie, hurt by Daisy's wild accusations. I know it's like alleged that Nikki's a prince, like he might not actually yeah. be a prince, but just consider for a moment what kind of a name for a prince is Nikki. Nikki. Like, <laughs> look at the honorable Queen Elizabeth and her, her fifth son, Prince Nikki. I'm honestly like, no. just glad I didn't say Prince Nikolai since I am amidst watching Shadow and Bone right now. So I was like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I was sitting here thinking to myself, I don't think I know any any prince with the name nick i guess like nicholas would be okay nick. but that's it's giving hallmark movie fake prince <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying i feel, why is it always so, nicky too it's like yeah i don't know it's like just like uh average enough of a name but like a little like <laughs> with a little something a little, a little something it's like it's like you it's like you want that you want it to be known that he's a fun guy you're like oh yeah. he's a fun guy he's not nicholas he's not a nick he's a fun guy yeah he likes to be called pet names yeah. as like his real name. He doesn't take himself too seriously. It's giving. He, what, what did he say he was? He's a student of life. Oh, right. right, right. <laughs> it's given Meredith Blake calling Nick Parker Nikki in The Parent Trap, 1998. Oh, <laughs> Nikki! <laughs> uh, wow. Based movie, best movie of all time. Movie. So when Daisy finally returns to California with her new husband in tow, the band comes back together to rehearse for their upcoming tour. Billy and Daisy continue to feud over their desire for each other, the Rolling Stones article, and the tour itself. Billy has begun to notice Daisy's increasing use of cocaine. At the end of the episode, Billy finds Daisy unconscious as Nikki abandons her. She wakes up just as the episode ends. What a guy. I don't even, it's like I can't even, t I don't even know what guy you're talking about because they're all like, kind of ridiculous. <laughs> they're, all just, they're all just some guy and they all kind what of guy? Suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excluding Daisy because I think she just truly is kind of going through it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. like Billy and Nikki. Yeah. I'm starting to realize that if the guy ends his name with like E, <laughs> <laughs> might not want to trust him. Seems like he might not be the best person. True, true, true. Um, yeah, we're here. Who are you? Oh, hi, I'm Caitlin, and they're not kidding when they say that limiting your screen time can be good for you. <laughs> so true, because I, like, before we started this episode, I had, like, a full-on mental breakdown over the fact that my laptop wouldn't this connect to my desktop. <laughs> yeah. it, I, like, really thought I was going to die, yeah. like, and I do think that it has everything to do with the fact that, like, actual cyberbullying comes from comes from the ai technology itself yeah it comes from the tech itself it's like oh sorry did you want to have a nice day well what if i like gave you eight pop-up notifications <laughs> at once all at the same time for no reason i hate when you know my the thing that really like traumatizes me is like when um you like do something wrong you hit the wrong key on your keyboard and it makes that sound like yeah. the on windows it's like a it like tries to be more pleasant, but it just makes you yeah, more annoyed. Oh, it's like it's me. mocking you. Excuse me, you made a mistake. Um, that's not the button. And meanwhile, yeah. other computers are like, "You suck." It's like the AirPods like doo -doo 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 oh, yeah. sound when it's dying. It that really like that sends me into like a neuron. Like yeah. I'm about to like bulldoze somebody. Like that's it's chaotic. Yeah. But in other more positive news, I'm Emberlyn. Um, that's the positive <laughs> that's news. The positive and. News. I am about to be in the presence of Ms. Taylor Allison Swift for three plus hours, um, and it's going to ruin yeah, me. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be the same person afterward. I'm going to be really annoying. I may be kicked off the show for just, like, talking only about Taylor Swift. We can um, have, like, a whole next. concert breakdown episode if you absolutely need it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like the Swifties would love that. I would love that. I just want to hear about it, um, so I'm excited for you. And also the fact that it's three hours long is incredible. 44 songs um wow. Good for, wow. i just i really want to just like 
applaud this woman for somehow putting on one of the best shows in history and breaking a lot of records with this world tour Mm -hmm. i'm like really excited to go see it so like thanks taylor for everything um so uh speaking of concerts and best-selling albums uh or allegedly i guess in this case um (laughs) what was your hook for these few episodes of Daisy Jones and the Six, Caitlin? Um, I, We're talking about episode seven and episode eight. <laughs> Daisy Jones and the Six, seven, eight. Okay. Um, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh, I really liked seeing Simone's story and her beginnings to her career as a disco pioneer. I thought that was really cool. Since, like, she's in the book, but, like, only kind of dispersed throughout. And you don't really get too much about her career because, obviously, like, the story isn't about her per se but she is there and she was a part of everything so to be able to like get more insight into her life and um like just how she was making it in new york and everything i thought that was really cool to like Mm -hmm. see where she started and like it honestly just seems like such a fun career to have (laughs) so i was just like i was in there i was watching i was like I want to watch this. This is great. This seems like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were times when I found Simone's storyline almost more interesting than I have the actual plot of Daisy Jones and the Six <laughs> in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think the 70s disco scene is really interesting. I think it'd be cool to see. I mean, like, I say this knowing that someone will mess it up, but it would be cool to see show creators tap more into that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like a very beautiful, fun space for queer people when we didn't really, where we didn't really have to like hide who we were, um, as much as we did across the city, Mm -hmm. uh, in the seventies. And it was just really nice to see her connection with Bernie and her kind of becoming, slowly becoming, um, more comfortable with herself and her art. Yeah. And at the same time, slowly being propelled to fame. So um that was like really interesting that was my hook as well I really wish we spent more time with Simone yeah um, almost (laughs) like and I'm hoping I'm hoping there's a book in this universe um for Simone maybe in the future that if Taylor Jenkins Reid is interested in maybe expanding her story a little more I think it'd be really cool to read about her yeah um which you know wouldn't be far off from things that she's already done because there are a lot of um books that exist in this McReva universe uh so what's it called i feel like that'd be really cool um so it's McReva. McReva, so like okay so uh in malibu rising there's a character named McReva, and then that same character appears in other books from oh, that's cool uh her series and then you kind of notice like there'll be names mentioned in each of her books that are names from other books so that's how you kind of confirm that everything kind of exists in the same universe even if they're not all directly connected to each other that's kind of cool i like it when i like it when that happens with authors in their books when it's like like i mean like obviously you see it you can see it in fantasy series but for like books that like take place in the real world and just the author just decides actually yeah these are all the same world <laughs> that's cool that's really cool. yeah 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 it, it is really really cool i feel like it adds like a little it, it like almost makes it seem more real because it's like oh yeah i remember reading yeah, about yeah, that I know you know <laughs> yeah so once again tjr does this great job of creating this like little world of her own where everybody kind of exists and yeah, that it's, I love it. Side note, that makes me think of So I read um, The House in the Cerulean Sea, and then I also read Under the Whispering Door, both by uh, uh. T.J. Klune. And um, in Whispering Door, uh, there's like a mention of like a painting of a house in a cerulean, surrounded by a cerulean sea. And I was wow. like, I know that. I know what that's about. Oh, <laughs> As that literally gives me chills. Yeah, I, I just... I, I uh, just really like it when like it's not it's not like it's a big huge important plot piece but it's just like a little nod so like if you know you know but like you don't need to know a whole story to appreciate something yes. so I was just like ooh that's fun <laughs> McReva universe yeah. that's cool very cool yeah very cool <laughs> uh, so did you have any favorite quotes from these two episodes yeah I like when I like when um, Bernie it tells uh, Simone that she loves her uh-huh. but then later on um bernie and simone are i think that i don't know if i can remember if they're like slow dancing or something yeah. and simone's like hey i love you too and bernie's like no shit yeah. they're just so cute <laughs> i love them they're so interesting to me it's so nice to see a healthy relationship in this series yeah where both parties are like 
nice to each other right. and interested in each other. It's like, wow, not everything is terrible. Like, people are capable of loving each other health in a healthy and, and proper way. I mean, there's so. hope in this Yeah, there world. is indeed hope. <laughs> yeah, that was really cute. I just looked like the no shit because I, I loved also that like when Bernie told Simone that she loved her she's like you don't have to say it back but just yeah. know like I just want you to know that I love you so cute mm-hmm. and then I don't know why I like this so much but when while they're on tour um Daisy gets hurt and then Billy takes her off stage and she's I want to be clear like she's obviously very very like really struggling here yeah. and that's very sad to watch but I like the piece where he takes her off stage and she says, I'll let you know when I, I'm done. And then she starts singing Honeycomb, yeah. which they haven't sang all tour. Right. Um, which is kind of her way of, even though she's really struggling, trying to take back some power from him and this like really domineering attitude he has and like this need he has to control everything at these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that happened, I was just like, ooh, <laughs> whoa, get her, get him, get him. Get him. <laughs> yeah. So those were mine. Um, how about you? Um, I have a couple. Uh, one that stuck out to me was when Simone said to Bernie about Daisy, she doesn't have anyone else because she gets this mm-hmm. telegram from Daisy, and Bernie's like, "But you're about to go on tour, and like, or, I don't know, I don't know if it was a tour, but she was about to get some like really good like gigs, basically." And Simone literally drops everything for Daisy because she knows she's the only one that could help Daisy, and. To go all the way to Greece only for Daisy to be just chilling there, like to get married, mm-hmm. I would be so much less chill than <laughs> Simone was in that moment. Because yeah. she was just like, like you could tell that she was kind of like, haha, what? Like you're good? Like I'm glad you're good, mm-hmm. but huh? And then she. You inconvenienced me in the process. Yeah, like. Like, if, if you were, like, sent me a telegram and then I flew out to Greece and I was like, oh, my God, she's in trouble. I have to help her. I mean, I would be relieved mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, you're just getting married. Like, cool. But also I'd be like, yeah. girl. <laughs> Maybe communicate yeah. more. Yeah. But um, I just really like that because I feel like it just shows, like, how much Simone cares for her, um, for her yeah. friend and everything. So I thought that was really, like, even though it's like, oh, my God, Daisy chill (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's also like wow like what a good friend and also uh i really liked when simone told daisy i love you daisy so i'll tell you the truth your real self is bitch Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was like get her yeah Uh, she needed to hear that that was one of my favorites too like like i think that whole that whole little like everything she said to daisy that was like oh that really stuck with me yeah I, i like I was literally, it was, this was St. Patrick's Day, so I was, like, too drunk to type yeah, it, but yeah, yeah. I love, I love, I love that part. Yeah, yeah, I just, like, sometimes you just, sometimes the hard truth is what people need to hear, and Daisy really needed to hear that in that moment. So, so. true. I'm curious to hear what your peaks and, and valleys were for this, because I, when we talked before this episode, we both kind of realized that we don't, we already don't remember a lot of what happened, even though we just watched it on Friday. Yeah. So, I'd be really curious to hear, first, what you liked about this show um i don't know if this is a peak but i actually low-key felt bad for eddie in this episode because um there was a moment where it's like they're at the hotel or wherever they were and yeah they're at a party yeah and camila goes out onto like the balcony and eddie is there and there's a moment that they have together and he's just like hey and he clearly like is remembering the fact that they hooked up apparently um a couple episodes ago and she basically tells him yeah um i was sad and you were there and you listened and it's never gonna happen again okay bye Mm. and i just felt bad for him because like he was he clearly like really cares for her and like the fact that she's married aside just like to like be told by someone like eh that just happened because you happened to be in my vicinity and I was at a low point but it's not gonna happen again and then just to walk away I'd be like I would be heartbroken I'd be like oh okay Mm, never mind yeah so like I low-key felt bad um for him uh not enough to for me to be like poor Eddie he doesn't deserve it because like he's not my favorite character and also she's married so there's that but um in the moment I was like oh that sucks for me, it was with the, when they're at the party in Greece, 
um and she's being introduced to like all these artists like the guy that makes things out of golden leaves and like the poet and like i just wanted them to keep going like this is donatello and he (laughs) likes to play the glass flute on a stack of tires and this is mickey and he wears a wig of cooked pasta and this is eloisa and she speaks french into her own butt like just (laughs) Just keep keep going i want more weird students of life so to speak like give me more weird guys like i want more can i have a couple more of these pretentious fucks please (laughs) please um yeah so I really liked that scene. It made me laugh. Like, and I think it made me laugh so much because in my head I was like doing a bit already about like how it would continue. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just ridiculous. It's like, it's so, it, it reminds me so much of like when you go to like a party that's like with your friend's friends yeah. and everybody there is like so completely different from you. Uh-huh. And you're just like, oh my God, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> like, so um, really thought that was funny um not even not even a positive thing about the show just just like I had fun (laughs) what uh what about you what was your second peak speaking of positive things that aren't necessarily about the show (laughs) (laughs) I feel so bad because like um it's I maybe these deserved a little bit more of my attention but it just wasn't there there's just something about this show that isn't like grabbing me and maybe it's because there's a lot of things that are on right now or that I am kind of actively watching that just I care more about or that are just more interesting to me. And oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just something about this adaption that's just not really like, I'm just like, yeah, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Good try. I, yeah. I kind of do wish, I, I, feel, I think I'm kind of contradicting myself because um, I think earlier I said um, I like that they're doing this weekly so that like I can keep coming back to it. But at this point, I kind of wish they just dropped it all in one go. So that I could binge it, because I yeah. feel like I feel like I would be more in it if I could binge it, you know. Yeah. But I agree. I think this is a binging show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my second peak was the fact that my power went out at the beginning of episode eight, and it felt like a sign. <laughs> oh no! Turn it off. <laughs> literally, literally, I was sitting there. I was like, "All right, one more episode. We could do this," and then, um. And this was like Friday morning, and I was just like, "This isn't really the show I want to be watching." And then I started episode eight, and the power's like, "Meow," and I was like, "All right, well, I guess that's that." <laughs> I guess I'm done now. I guess I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I don't disagree with you because I feel like I definitely feel like it's hard to be like. I guess part of me is I'm glad we're talking about this. I'm glad we're oh, yeah. the show because it would be stupid if we just like only watched shows that we liked and talked about them right sometimes I want to be a hater I love being a hater (laughs) it's so fun (laughs) but also like I don't know I feel like I feel like there's something missing and we've talked about this a lot but I feel like there's an authenticity that's missing for me at least Mm -hmm. from the show like in terms of just the way it's filmed the way that uh people talk like some of the acting that it's just like really pulling me out of it yeah like I think it's hard to and it's hard because it's like you're bringing something to screen that is very similar to something that exists already and that's Fleetwood Mac and it's really hard not to compare them and then on top of that you're adapting something from a book and it's just I think it's one of those circumstances where maybe maybe the book is doing a better job of telling the story even though it reads like like a like a documentary than an actual show mimicking a documentary ever could it's really interesting yeah I feel like my expectations for adaptions at this point are so high because Mm -hmm. of like (laughs) sorry if I said this already and I know it's a completely different ball game but like the last of us really just set the bar high for everything that I watch now (laughs) yeah and because like that was so well done and now I'm watching this and I'm like it's fine and then there's another show that I'm watching where I'm like okay hmm (laughs) could this have gone differently like are we really paying attention to what we're adapting here so I don't know yeah I just I think I just have higher expectations now and for this it's just like I think I agree with you like the book read so much like a actual documentary and this just feels like I'm watching a show and then when they cut to the interviews of them Mm -hmm. like years later I'm like fuck what huh (laughs) like what's going on especially again I can't get over the fact that it's like they didn't even try to make them look 
older. I mean, like, they yeah. did, but, like, in a really cheap way. Like, yeah. I, I will be the number one Karen wig hater on this website. <laughs> I don't care. I hate it. I think it looks so stupid. Suki Waterhouse is a beautiful woman, and you guys are doing her dirty with that wig. I don't get it. It looks like she's wearing a wig. Because <laughs> she is. And then Graham, I don't know. It's like he has such a baby face already. And then they just decided to add some gray hairs and like kind of uh. muss him up a bit. And it's just like, yeah, whatever. I think with, uh, what's his name, Warren, they didn't even try. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, here he is. And then yeah. Billy's looking like the Winter Soldier. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel yeah. <laughs> like a documentary to me. It just is like, I'm... I, I feel like maybe they should have picked. Like, do we do the documentary or do we just tell a story? Because I feel like maybe if they yeah. just told a story, it would hit a bit different. I don't know. That's a great point. It just I takes agree me with out. that. Yeah. Choose one. Don't try to do it all. It yeah. just, I completely agree with that. Or if you're going to do or, it, make it, make them look better. Or like, I don't know, cast people who look older, who look the age they're supposed oh to be. Oh my God, yeah. You know? <laughs> Again, another prime opportunity to pop Lindsay Buckingham in there for no good reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything to get him in there, you know? Oh my god. It's so unfortunate. What was uh, your... so I was like, oh, go ahead. No, 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 yeah, no. oh my god, I have to talk about this still. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like ready. I've already moved on to our valleys. You can tell that we both like completely tuned out. But yeah. uh, I'd say the soundtrack for this show remains very good almost so good that i'm surprised by how everything else has been executed like uh they played boston yeah. this last couple mm-hmm. episodes boston what the heck <laughs> what the <laughs> like, heck <laughs> such a good band and then in terms of the show soundtrack uh like aurora the album uh i definitely it's funny i was thinking about this but like the best song on this album is truly the river um because they play it on tour a couple times you know the and it's is that the one if i follow you to the river yeah it's and it's it's probably good because it's a direct ripoff of the chain and i was gonna say because i don't i don't have my notebook that i took notes in at the moment but i literally wrote when she kept saying like um in the shadow yes that's what it was (laughs) i was like I was, like, taken out every time. I was just like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Literally (laughs) a lyric from, like... What's all this then? Yeah. In the shadow. It's not the chain. (laughs) It's not. But wait, wait, what is it? Because... uh, In the shadow. You know what that's from? Is that from... Isn't that girl... girl, Is that Gold Dust Woman? That's what it... Where she says, uh, in the shadow. Yeah. Pale shadow of a woman. God yeah. darn it. Okay, all yeah. right. Y'all just y'all just copied and pasted and then like <laughs> like you know those um you sometimes you go into restaurants or like you see on the you'll see them on fridges someplace the little poetry magnets with different words on yeah. them and you can just kind of like place them. That's, That's what, what they did. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Yeah, in the shadow. Yeah. Every time she said in the shadow, I was just like, okay, are we even trying right now? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Not not no no (laughs) no because i kept hearing that and i was like this is kind of good and like relikio's voice in this particular song is like really good like oh 100 she's great but it's also a direct like a mirror image of that song this is not the chain (laughs) but this is and part of me is like why am i complaining i guess that's what i wanted but then (laughs) part of me is like but But do i (laughs) but it takes you out because you're like oh my god this sounds like fleetwood mac and like that's the point but also it's like could you at least try to be a little more original that's why like even throughout the book even though i kept going oh man i really want to go home and listen to this album but i can't because it isn't real so what i did instead was just like go on a whole fleetwood fleetwood mac binge and with this it's like i'm i'm now having like i was excited to finally hear the music of this show and now it's getting to the point where I'm like, I don't want to hear it anymore because, like, like as you put it, it sounds like Diet Fleetwood Mac. And at this point, I'm like, I'd just rather have the real thing than someone yeah. trying to do their best interpretation of a Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just, I find myself, I, so when they first released Regret Me, I had to go look up the lyrics and just read them over and over again to understand what was being said, for example, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just felt like they went ahead and, and they probably took the lyrics from the book. I'm assuming that's what they did. And then like mm-hmm. tried to put them, put them, and which is crazy too, because like the people that are behind this, the people that helped with the composition, guess who? Guess who? Marcus Mumford. From Mumford no, and Sons. really? I'm like, what? Like, huh? <laughs> like, huh? Marcus Mumford? Anyway, yeah, no, yeah. like, but I'll just, let me just, for example, um, in Regret Me, you regret me and I'll regret you. I find it perfectly natural here in my car, if you do, off the PCH highway with this typical wonderful view. Go ahead and regret me, but I'm beating it to you. I don't get that. I don't, I mean... I don't want to bitch too hard because the no, Beatles say do. some senseless shit yeah. in their albums, and I I have probably praised them, um, but like I just I had a really hard time with that. Like I kept coming back to it when I was um, seeing ads for it on Amazon. I'd read the comments, and the comments would all be like, "What the fuck are these lyrics?" <laughs> you know what takes me on the same page? What takes me out <laughs> is when they say, "But I'm beating you to it, dude." Like, yeah, it, it's, I haven't. It's giving twelve-year-old like writing lyrics in her diary. Yeah, and I feel like "dude" isn't something that people really. I don't know. Maybe people said "dude" in the seventies. I feel like people say yeah, "dude" but, in the nineties. I mean, I, I say dude, "dude" now, but like not in the song. Yeah, and also, I guess what I'm saying—that's what I'm saying. That like, not. I feel like it didn't become a popular thing to say "dude" until much later. Like, so I think it's like it just fit. It, that is weird to me. Also, it just it just like, seems like they're not good lyrics <laughs> yeah like the me out. i'm the slippage in the system and i'm perfectly ready to strike so go ahead and regret me but i'm not easing up on this mic <laughs> like, yeah i got confused by that too i got confused huh? by that too i i i've kind of lost track of the original plot of the movie um and i really recommend this like if you are just chilling and you feel like having a really interesting time, go and look up all of the lyrics for these songs and you will just be so confused afterward. Like, and that's not to say that the 70s wasn't full of people writing catchy lyrics that didn't really make sense. Like, I, there are so many like great songs, catchy songs that where the lyrics don't necessarily make sense. But this was just like, this really, I think in, listening to this now and having these songs not have the same like cultural significance and historical significance that that, like a Fleetwood Mac song or like a David Bowie song would have where the lyrics are kind of like kitschy and confusing yeah made it difficult for me to stay present and connected to the lyrics yeah so that's cool (laughs) (laughs) Uh, such deep meaning yeah I guess and then it, it makes it even funnier because now in every scene, and I feel so bad saying this, but in every scene where Daisy is like, oh, I'm writing a song, and she's like writing a little notebook, I'm going to be laughing now because I'm going to be thinking about everything. Yeah. It's going to be, it's like. It's like, oh, it's, it's, good try. You know, it's like giving like when a YouTuber's just like, I'm going to write songs now. Like, oh, it's like, oh. it's giving Gabby Hanna, you know? It is giving Gabby <laughs> Hanna a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's that book she wrote. Yeah. Uh, oh my God! What's that book? Adelaide? Is it Adelaide? Oh I don't God, know. I, I didn't read it. But it's like maybe oh I'm God. the monster. <laughs> maybe I'm the monster. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. All right. Great. So everything's going well over here. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> we're loving the show. Uh, and I also feel like this is a good time for me to interject because people are going to be like, "Hey, I like this show." That if you like this show, that's okay. You're welcome yeah. to like this show. I'm enjoying the show. I think we're just enjoying it in different ways. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you watch bad shows for funsies because yeah. you need a breather after like all of the serious shows that yeah. <laughs> you have to actually think about. Or <laughs> this Truly. one, I I just get to watch it every Friday and go, all right, okay, next. And 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 guess what? It all ends next Friday, so oh. <laughs> it's almost over. So what was your, I feel like we already have gone there, but what was your valley for this episode? All right, all right. Valleys, even, if you had multiple. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. So I this might be a dumb question. So nah. if you know, please tell me. If anybody who listens on YouTube... 
please tell me in the comments. I'm genuinely asking because I don't know enough about this. Um, and it's showing my lack of knowledge on how to handle an overdose. But why didn't Billy try CPR on Daisy when she wasn't breathing? And instead sat oh. there and held her while yelling, She isn't breathing! As she lay unconscious in his arms and he just sta kind of stared at her and talked to her. Didn't try at all. It didn't do anything. Just picked her up and held her and yelled, she isn't breathing. Oh, that's a really good point. I could um, Google this, but I don't want to. I just want to sit in the moment that I sat in as I watched this. And I'm like, it. my first instinct would be, oh, time to try CPR. No, this person isn't breathing. I feel Even like it wouldn't work. I feel like you just, tr I feel like that's a go-to. No? I feel like when I took a, I took a CPR certification class a couple of years ago, and I feel like we talked about this, like, Did you? that you would administer CPR for an opioid overdose, but I, I actually just Googled it. Um, I don't okay. know. I feel like, like, first of all, yeah, you would do that. I mean, like, obviously today you might use, like, Narcan or something, but, like, in the 70s, yeah, I feel like you would, maybe, maybe, I don't, I, in the 70s, did people know how to, Hold I feel on. like, yeah, I feel like in any case, you would, this way, I'm now, like, so, this is, like, scrambling my brain. <laughs> like, in any case, yeah, you would do CPR if someone you knew was unable to breathe. Okay, I just Googled, <laughs> I literally just Googled, in the 70s, was CPR a thing? Which is, <laughs> my parents listening to this are like, Caitlin, come on. <laughs> but I just, I just gotta make sure, okay? And it says, by the early 1970s, CPR defibrillate, Hmm. Defibrillation. I'm really good. I'm smart. I have a degree. I promise. Uh, not in CPR, though. And a rapid means <laughs> to provide pre-hospital care were all in place. The, st the structure to resuscitate sudden death victims had been built and was proving successful. So... I guess that's, that's... My question isn't if it existed. My question is if an average person would know how to do it. Like, I've... Oh, no, how today, to? Yeah, because like, even today you need, like, sometimes you need training or certification, and, like, a yeah. lot of people don't know, or yeah, they, they just didn't have that, that episode of The Office to go so by. I guess, so I guess, like, part of me is, like, but at the very least, I feel like I would, if I were Billy, I'd be making a more conscientious effort one way or another to, like, keep her conscious and keep her alive. Like, I know yeah. he's, like, slapping her face. Like, he, right he's up, just but, like, Daisy, wake up. She's a great And meanwhile, Timothy <laughs> Oliver's on the phone. It's just like, tell so-and-so that Rod has a toothache in room 607 or whatever it was. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it's not, it's not like. I, I know it's cold, but it was just funny. It's, that's the thing it is like, funny. I almost wish it had been taken more seriously. Like, yeah. obviously we're not taking it seriously right now, so we're being hypocritical, but like. I wish it had been taken more seriously, like in terms of like what an actual like what overdose actually looks like and what it can result in, and like I don't know. I just I felt I felt like there it felt it gave made me feel a little icky. <laughs> okay, so according to Google, uh, providing rescue breathing or CPR can help save help to save a life and is the most important first step in treating an opioid o overdose. And yeah. As someone who doesn't, I mean, I, I, if, if someone passed out in front of me right now and they had to have CPR, would I know the exact technique? Not necessarily, but, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, at least like the, the kind of basics, you know, but, you know, but like to... wait, sorry, I'm sorry. Look, isn't cocaine, cocaine would be a stimulant though. Isn't an opioid like a downer and cocaine is an upper? Sure. Like co opioids are like. Fentanyl yeah, that just heroin. showed up when I said overdose. I, d I didn't, okay. like, specify that it was cocaine or anything. And I, I okay, genuinely just... don't know enough about drugs to tell you what's an upper and what's a downer. But um, I, I just feel like – I feel like Billy could have done a little bit more. Even if he's panicked. I don't know. I mean, I'm saying this now as a person who's not in a panicked state of seeing someone they care about not breathing but still i would hope that in that moment i would try to do something instead of just hold mm -hmm. them and yell at them to wake up <laughs> wake up wake yeah up! <laughs> not i feel like that baby b i think that's step one is like yeah wake up 
And then if that doesn't work, you administer yeah, and, step two, which is like CPR. Or something and when you like realize that, yeah. that, oh shit, they're not waking up. In fact, they are not breathing. Time to yeah. attempt some CPR, whether you are trained or not. You know, like I mean, yep. something's better than nothing, and at least you're trying. He literally just sat there and held her. I was like, "Hey, wake up!" <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like one of those scenes where like the person in the horror movie is like let me go into that really dark scary house over there yeah. and you're just like screaming at them like don't do that you know better and they're like no <laughs> for the plot i must yeah you know? for the dramatics I mean, of it but i i couldn't clearly, even like enjoy the dramatics of it because i'm just like why aren't you trying to do anything about this what i will say is is the good news is whatever everything he didn't do worked because she woke up <laughs> yeah she's like i'm gonna take a nap right here <laughs> and then she's oh. like oh, i'm good <laughs> very very in it, it like it's i don't i don't want to speak lightly about overdose because no, yeah. it's a very serious experience like an, an addiction it can be a very very serious and difficult thing to go through and like it takes a really long time to get over and i think all of all of the resistance that billy has toward daisy because he's clean is valid yeah oh 100%. but i also definitely i feel like there are ways that the scene could have been executed where it maybe it would have been more i feel like it would have been more palpable like i would have it would have made more sense you know yeah it um, just it took me out because they weren't doing it he wasn't i just I, it just to me it was like you're not doing anything to help her breathe again yeah. I feel like that is a main thing. Like that would have I feel like that to me would have added to the panic of the whole situation of like, oh, mm-hmm. you're trying to revive your friend, but instead you're just I don't I don't know. I just I the entire time I'm like this is terrible. Why are you not trying <laughs> to help? Yeah. It was just yeah. weird to me. Um Yeah. Well. It feels like there's a lot of things in the show where it's like they kind of handle them haphazardly like um, I don't know, like, addiction is really, it's, it's not that it's no laughing matter, it's not that the show's making fun of addiction, but I feel like they're kind of not being handled the most delicately, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I would have liked to see maybe some, like, maybe like a, I don't mind even like a content warning, but like, something of the sort before this episode, just because it's going to be dealing with like a very serious thing, and I don't think, and I think like that's one of the things that like, is done a lot in the 70s is like we kind of were waving off addiction and waving off cocaine as being like something that everybody did when in actuality it was like incredibly harmful and and caused a loss of life and for for in in one way or another for a lot of people so Mm -hmm. i wish that i kind of wish that it had been handled with a little more care you know like within the story itself you're saying yeah and yeah. not not even in the not even in the book because I think the book didn't do a bad job with it but in the show I just felt like it was very very rushed and also maybe not handled with the most sensitivity mm. and I wish that there had been I just kind of wish there'd been more attention given to like how severely Daisy was being affected by her addiction like even yeah. when she's even when she's on, she's off. Like, when she's out on stage and she's performing, it's, like, disturbing, but she still has the opportunity to get in all these jabs at Billy and kind of, like, be portrayed as, like, this really badass person when in reality oh, yeah, yeah. she's, like, fully saying, yeah. breaking down. Mm-hmm. And I just... it's It was weird to me also that, like, I don't know, this is Daisy's experience and yet we're kind of getting it all from Billy's perspective still. And it's, like, it's her story. It's yeah. her addiction we didn't even get to hear from her much when they were when she was being interviewed in this documentary piece of the episode it was all kind of coming from billy's point of view i just kind of thought that was annoying like but yeah yeah um mind valley just along those lines again i feel like i and i'm like i go back and forth on this because i don't know how relevant this is or like how like I guess how important to anybody else this was but me when the moment when I watched it Mm -hmm. but I felt like I felt like and this didn't happen in the book 
So I, this is in part why I question how essential it was. But for Nikki to accuse Simone of being in love with Daisy because yeah. Simone <laughs> is queer, like, really kind of upset me. Like, and I'm, it didn't just upset me in terms of the plot, but it upset me, I feel like, in terms of that sh- the show's choice to, to make that a plot point in general. Yeah, because it could have been and- any other reason for him to get Daisy to not want Simone to be there. Yeah, like, because, I mean, and I I don't want to, like, speak for lesbian women, so mm-hmm. if if anyone has an, a contradicting opinion, then tell me, because I'd love to hear um, if I'm, like, completely overstepping by saying this, but it feels, part of, I, I feel like part of me is, like, okay, like, it is... There are probably a lot of spaces. There are, in fact, definitely a lot of spaces in the 70s and now where lesbians are demonized um, and, like, made to look predatorial toward their friends, which is really sickening. But Mm -hmm. then I feel like to include that in the show, I just don't know if it furthered the plot at all. And it kind of took me out because I was like, oh, really? We're going to do this? We're going to do that classic trope where, like, oh, she's in love with you and that's why she's like this and she's bitter and she doesn't like it. And that's why because – and it's just, like, it. it's – it's not true we know it's not true this is like clear from the show but it still really made me feel kind of icky um and then for not just for nikki to have accused simone of this but for daisy to then say it made me very much dislike her character like i feel like daisy wouldn't have yeah, like up until this point, I was like, oh yeah, like she's like cool, like she's kind of she's kind of messy, but she's you know doing her best. But then when she said that, I was like, ooh, you're kind of a gross person. <laughs> yeah. Like it really turned me off to her character because it's like you don't care for your friend enough to believe that your friend is your friend, and it's gross and homophobic to like imply that your friend who cares for you cares for you because they're in love with you and because they might be sexually attracted to you because they're queer. Mm-hmm. Like all this woman has ever been is kind to you and loving to you. And you basically just threw her under the bus. And it, it made me, I was, I was drunk when I watched this, but it made me <laughs> unconventionally angry. Like I was in the bathtub. So I had the right iPad up on the potty. I was like, <laughs> Hey, you leave Simone alone. Like I almost jumped right into the screen. I was yeah. like, you fucking, you stay in Italy, bitch. Like and I you don't could, fucking care. You can almost <laughs> argue too that it just shows how deeply that Nikki is manipulating Daisy in that moment. But why did it have to be like? Why did this whole like him saying that Simone's in love with Daisy have to be the reason? Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, it did, it's that, like it didn't have to be that. And now you're just kind of like showing that really annoying and gross narrative in this show, and yeah. it's just like, ah, oh, come on. It's stinky. Like, lesbians don't need more media that portrays them as predatorial. Like, we don't need to keep doing this over and over again. And you could come, you could make an argument like, well, it's the 70s, so that's why it would happen. And it's like, okay, but this is 2023. So we don't have, it doesn't all have to be historically historically accurate. What if we were just, like, really cool and respected Simone's sexuality and we're like, hey, actually, she's, like, cool as fuck and so is Bernie and they're cool and they're good friends and, like, that's why we're having a fight right now not because it doesn't have to be centered around simone's sexuality which had nothing to do with daisy and yeah. ugh, like it just gets me like yeah oh my god it did oh i'm still mad true. about it <laughs> yeah oh. so what song would you scream into the same mic like, as the person you hate the most and why is it the 1997 performance of silver springs um it's because it is. <laughs> what's the what's the question? When she says time casts a spell on you and you won't and forget you me. Won't forget me. Uh you will never get away from the sound of the, the woman. woman. Oh my god. I I'll I, follow you down. Ah! I That's like a spell. She casted a spell on Lindsay Buckingham when she said that. Yeah. Like it's it truly like it's unbeatable. It's crazy to me that it wasn't originally included on Rumors because it was so good. I know. Um, I I feel like what a treat to get it now and also for it to become as relevant and like big of a song as it was. I'll tell you something. My dad showed me that song I think like four or five years ago when it wasn't 
it did had become popular again on TikTok and it wasn't super viral. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, holy shit, this is the best Fleetwood Mac song I've ever heard. It and is, I yeah. thought I've heard their whole discography. I thought I knew all of their hits. This is it. Like, yep. game changer. Mm-hmm. Game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, like, <laughs> showing people this performance specifically. Yeah. Especially to people. Like, I showed it to my brother recently, and he knows nothing about oh it. Yeah. He knows their songs, but, like, not enough to, like, be like, oh, this is Fleetwood Mac. He's just like, oh, I know this song, actually. So he doesn't know anything about it. I was like, Jason, I'm going to show you this video, and I'm going to give you the backstory to it, and I just need you to watch them. And he who is someone who really he doesn't normally like care too much about the stuff or he wouldn't really be into right. this music he was like on the edge of his seat watching it he goes look at them look at the way they're looking at each other he she's pissed <laughs> like, yeah he was you get so into it and he was freaking out over it, it was beautiful i've never loved him more but like it was like so great and i just i love finding people who like haven't seen this performance yet because i'm just like look at how insane this is (laughs) it's important for every every girlie to have a playlist of youtube videos that are like the youtube videos you pull out at parties and like show to people to test whether or not you're going to be best friends with them forever and that's like (laughs) the top of the list like i will I still have the vision of sitting in my kitchen with my dad, like, holding my laptop and just, like, showing it to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because there's a meme going around and it's, like, somebody showing somebody something on the TV and usually people paste in that video and that was literally him. It's, like, it's so funny to me. Like, I don't know. And this is something else. Like, he he does this. I don't know if he's, like, a trend forecaster or what, but he pulls things like this, Mm -hmm. like, that he loves and those things that he loves become viral, like, a couple (laughs) years later. And I'm always just like, damn, you have great taste. (laughs) Yeah, it's just ahead of the game. (laughs) And he's never on social media and he's never, it's so funny to me. Like, he definitely has great taste without, Mm -hmm. without even meaning to and without being super into social media and, like, chronically online. So that's, like, I think that's cool. I admire that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But, Yeah. Anything else on that front? No, I just, there's no other song. <laughs> there isn't a, name a song. Okay, I will. That's okay. the song. Um, there so are no other me. songs in the world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a character that you would fly all the way to Greece for? Simone, because of everything that she's putting up with right now. Yeah, real. Everything. <laughs> Protect she her. She deserves it. Like, oh my God. she's going out, like, she's literally stopping her life for this person, and this person does something so cruel to her. Yeah. And I just think that Simone needs a break. It's going to hurt my feelings if Simone and Daisy make up, because I feel like Daisy doesn't deserve that. Like, I'm all about forgiving and forgetting, but in this case, I feel like if someone said to me what Daisy said to Simone, I would bitch slap them and I would never see them again yeah like those two the two things I would be like do not come to my house you are blocked on my phone do not ever speak to me again like you're done you're done I don't care what toxic situation you're in now I don't care you're done you know yeah (laughs) self-preservation um but uh in the same vein I said Bernie because she's so fucking cool and good mm-hmm. to Simone, and I love her so much, and I have a huge crush on her, but also don't worry about that part. <laughs> it's not important. It's not important to but anybody. don't mind that. Look away. Pay no uh, attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, real. Yeah. So what character uh, would you smash a guitar over? Um, I'd say Billy, because <laughs> oh I feel like, honestly, just Billy and Daisy in general are starting to, like, really piss me off yeah. at this point. And I know the whole focus, the whole focus of this show is their relationship and their feud, but I don't know. It's like when your divorced parents are fighting and you're like, can you guys just get your shit together? You're 42. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, you you're stop? a grown ass, Billy is a grown ass man with a beautiful wife and a child. Yeah. Um, And he's writing stuff. He's, ha- he's telling the Rolling Stone, uh journalist things like talent like daisy's is wasted on someone like daisy and daisy full-on told the rolling stones his whole rehab story yeah which was horrible yeah and it's like why are you both like this like (laughs) neither of you it's gotten to the point where it's like they're they're both i used to i really liked at one point daisy's kind of like cockiness and i don't want to like 
shit on her for that because I feel like there should be more cocky women Mm -hmm. um, in the world who know they're good at what they do. But I think that her behavior toward the people she loves is abominable. Yeah. And it's like, it's just very hard to watch to the point where it's like, I'm not, every, every time we come up for a new set of episodes, I'm like, what has she gotten herself into this time? (laughs) Like, these two need to grow up. Yeah. (laughs) Now, how about you? (laughs) Um, I said Nikki. I feel like he's, you know, for obvious reasons, because he was just annoying to me, even from the beginning, before you realize, like, how annoying he is, because Mm. there's something about telling people you're a student of life that just makes me (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. blocked, first and foremost. (laughs) Like, Uh. (laughs) I don't know, he's just so pretentious, and obviously he is, but it was just, like, one of those things where it's like, okay, okay, guy. You're just some dude. <laughs> Student of life. What the fuck? So there's that. And then I also said Billy because for all of the reasons that you said, but also because he has the audacity to look offended when Daisy was with another man as if he himself mm. isn't married to the most beautiful and wonderful woman already. <laughs> like, he, he's like... Like, basically, like, oh, I can't believe Daisy would bring this guy in and, like, looking offended that Daisy is going off and hugging and kissing this other guy. And I'm like, you have no right. Literally. You like, she's not your property. Yeah, I don't He just bothers me. I never shipped them in the book. But it got to the point a few episodes ago where I was like, you know, their tension is palpable. Like, I can totally see why. But they're just, like, I don't even think it's, like, right person wrong time at this point it's just that it's like that wrong line people wrong life yeah wrong everything but that line where i think it i think it was actually nikki who said something about like soulmates actually being a mirror and oh, yeah. i think billy and daisy really are mirrors for each other but like not in the sense of like they should be together but more in the sense is that they should look at each other and be like wow there's something wrong with you Maybe we yeah. should take care of that, you know? Yeah. But instead, yeah. they're just kind of taking, like, like they are, they're seeing themselves in, in each other, and they're taking it out on each other. And everyone yeah. else around them are getting pulled down for it as well. And it's just, like, Very I feel bad for everybody who's in their life. Yeah, like, whenever they start fighting and the band is just, like, around them, I feel such sympathy for the band. I'm like, y'all are just trying to live your lives and make music. And these two are just going at it, Mm -hmm. like, like nutty little birds. Like, Like, at that point, I'd be like, I don't even want to be in this band anymore. This is what it's going to be like. (laughs) Yeah, the vibes are so toxic. Very toxic workplace environment. (laughs) I'm in a creative environment that is so toxic. (laughs) And it's funny because... We were talking, we've been talking in previous episodes where we've reviewed books about how sometimes a love triangle is not necessary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a book. And I feel like this is just another example of that. Yeah. Like, I don't care about Nikki and Billy having, like, a little... A little, little tussle. little tussle, yeah, over Daisy. Yeah. And also, I find it's like... Uh, it's like what's that mean that's like when the the two f- worst people you know get together it's like you're perfect for each other <laughs> yeah like, that's kind of how i'm starting to feel because you know i never cared for billy but then like daisy's little daisy's little bout of homophobia in the last <laughs> episode kind of like took me out with her yeah. character and i'm just kind of sitting here like we could have had it oh yeah and there's only two <laughs> episodes left so yeah. I'm, like, trying to figure out, I'm like, how are they going to wrap all... I mean, like, I know how it gets all wrapped up in the book, but now you have two episodes. Two whole episodes, and, and I feel like so there's much. so much that happens still. Yeah. And it's, like, it makes me wonder, and this is, like, a bad thought, but, like, I know this is supposed to be a miniseries. Are they going to try to, like, end it on a cliffhanger so that oh, they can... Oh, God, I hope I not. I really hope not. Like, that... Some when I heard this was a miniseries, I was very happy before I even watched it because I was like, "Perfect! Some things don't need to be three plus seasons long. Like mm-hmm. some stories don't take that long." But I think if they did something like that, I would probably. I think this is this next uh, episode is gonna probably gonna be the last one where we talk about <laughs> Casey Jones and the Six, no matter what happens. I yeah, cause I, I'm like remembering things that happened, but I just if they have to wrap it up where the book ends. 
at this yeah. point. Because then what what would they do for a whole other season, you know? I so I think know. they're going to, but I think it's going to be a lot packed into two episodes. The 90s reunion tour. <laughs> <laughs> Where everyone looks the same for no reason. <laughs> Somehow they all look younger now. <laughs> I do have a feeling it's going to be something like that, though. Like, I have a feeling that at the end of episode 10... They'll do, like, something similar to the dance, where after this documentary airs, they'll have, like, a review moment, like, a like a, re- a reunion moment where they all come back and sing together mm. um, in their really bad 90s aging makeup. Here's, yeah, here's my fear for the finale, and spoilers for, we're basically at the end of the episode, so, except for our rating um Mm -hmm. but so if you haven't read the book and you don't know how this ends um this is your time to say bye thanks guys was fun to hear you hate on these two episodes (laughs) see you next week maybe um but here's my fear for the finale i'm afraid since in the book obviously camila has passed away and at the end Mm -hmm. of the book and this is kind of where i kind of felt a little eh, at at the end of the book even um She writes a letter to Billy, or maybe it was Julia. I think it was Julia, and she says, I don't know, but basically what she does is, like, she wants Billy and Daisy to perform together again. Yeah. Or, like, write a song or something. And to me, it it could have been, like, I want Billy and Daisy, not that Camila's saying I want them to get together, but I always felt like that was, like, an opening for them to be, like, all right, well, now we can do this, you know? Yeah, like, kind of a blessing. Yeah, 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 and, um, I just, I don't want the show to take that and be, like, all right, well, Billy and Daisy are gonna be together at the end. I don't, I don't want that to happen, because, like, I didn't want it in the book, and I definitely don't want it in the show, and... I feel like the show has already taken, like, a few liberties. I'm just afraid that to appeal Mm. to an audience that wants Billy and Daisy to get together, which is fine. Like, I totally get it. But at the same time, I don't want them to change the story just for the fact of we. this is what the audience wants, but even though it's not what happened. I agree. I just don't want that to happen. (laughs) I agree. And I... Because that's what I like about the book's ending is Camille is kind of saying, hey, you guys are older now. Like... Maybe yeah. this will work out this time. Like, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Oh, I'm God. I'm OMG. I'm dead. Um, <laughs> oh, gee, I'm dead. <laughs> but, but I think it would look, it would look a little weird, I think, in the, in the show. I, I guess that's my big fear, too. I also mm-hmm. feel like, in general, I like that it's kept that simple. Like, if they had, like, a reunion song that they sing together or something like that. Yeah. It just wouldn't be interesting to me, like... I don't have the same sentimental interest in these two characters as I do in, like, people, like, as I did in the dance, you know? Again, I'm maybe being completely unfair by comparing to Fleetwood Mac, but, like, I think it would just kind of take away from things for me, Mm -hmm. so I'd be interested to see what they're gonna do, but yeah, I I think that would probably be another reason for me to be like, (laughs) y'all. Bruh. (laughs) Bruh. Um. So, Caitlin, where did these uh, next couple of episodes of Daisy Jones and the Six fall on your tier list? For me, they fell at mentally ill foreboding because uh, I just, I was just, uh, I feel terrible because I so badly wanted to love the series because I love the book so much. But, like, yeah. this entire time I've just been, like, eh. And, like, especially for these two episodes, maybe it's just because it was, like, some of, like, the heavier and more conflicting stuff that happens in the book. But, like, mm-hmm. watching it, I was just, like, like one, it is kind of on me where I'm, like, this isn't the show I really want to be watching right now. And so it already didn't have my attention, like, my full attention span. But, like, the entire time I'm watching it, I'm, like, I kind of don't care. And I yeah. kind of just want this to be over with. And, again, <laughs> I really feel like this series is just one where I'm just going to be, like, yeah, that happened. And I'm yeah. just never going to think about it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where it falls for me. How about you? Um, I'm going to give these the Riverdale core rating again. Mm-hmm. And my justification for this is, like, you've got, you put a bunch of unconventionally beautiful people in a very dramatic situation. <laughs> <laughs> and um, now we're here. And I feel like that's And just, now we're here. <laughs> that's... 
that kind of sums up the show for me so far. I think some of the things that have happened, like the thing that happened with Simone and then um, Daisy's overdose were big, like what the fuck kind of like, not cr- okay, kind of cringe moments for me. Not cringe mm-hmm. and like, ah, ha, ha, that's cringe, but more like, ugh. Like gives you the ick. Yeah, in the Riverdale, in the Riverdale respect, you know? Yeah. So that's where I'm going to put those. Um, but that said, I think this has been delightful. I've really enjoyed this. <laughs> yeah. I think I've enjoyed talking about these more than I have actually I really them, do. So. I really do. Um, Sometimes it is fun to be a hater. And we thank you all for listening along with us. Um, so uh, that's going to do it for us. Mm-hmm. And... We'd love for you to tune in when we review episodes 9 and 10 of Daisy Jones and the Six, um, and hence the finale of this miniseries. Yay! So come on back. <laughs>